is good. We've been talking about the Beatitudes. Amen. And so we are proving our attitude at every opportunity. Amen. It's all about our attitude, how we look at things. Amen. And how God wants us to see different things from His standpoint. Matthew chapter 5. Amen. Matthew chapter 5. We've been talking about the Beatitudes, and everybody's attitude is right, right? Everybody's got a great attitude. Amen. Your attitude is always right. That's what it's all about. Amen. Because when Jesus teaches us, amen, and when we follow his teachings, he's always trying to show us something that we will need ahead of us. He's trying to present to us to come into that relationship. And as I said last week, uh, and our purpose and our goal here is to be a church of divine leadership and spiritual go go growth for all as our vision and the purpose is that you might walk worthy of the Lord until all please and being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. We got to grow. And the more we grow, the more we understand, we gain wisdom, we gain knowledge, we gain understanding for the things that is ahead of us. And so Jesus in his teachings on the, on the Sermon on the Mount and when we was in Israel, it's not really, it's like a knoll on the side of a hill. It's not a great big mountain that he was standing on. It's like a little knoll on the side of the hill, you know, and stuff there. And uh, when you're in Israel, you'll see some of the places, how close they are together. Like in Luke 4, when he walked into the sanctuary and began to preach, uh, the ruins from that is right here and about a hundred yards away is Peter's house, you know, right there all together in Capernaum. It's all right there in Capernaum and stuff. And that's why you see a lot of times in teaching that a lot of the stuff that he talks about Capernaum, Tyre, Sidon, Nazareth, all that is right is all right there together and stuff and stuff. And so it's really amazing uh, what what you see when you're there. Amen. So, but uh, so the Beatitudes here is is to help us adjust our attitude. That's what it's all about. Because we can't think and operate the same way the world thinks and operate. If we do, we'll run into trouble. See? And so Jesus has given us examples of things that we need to do. So now last week we were talking about from, from Matthew five thirteen and up to 16, we saw that we are called to be what? Two, two ingredients of influence. Salt and light, right? Salt and light. Amen. Salt and light. Amen. Salt changes things. Light brings things out of darkness to the marvelous light. Amen. Light repels darkness. See, and this is what Jesus wants us to understand is when he is in us, Darkness should automatically start fleeing. We should be able to see things clearer, amen, than what we did before. This is why Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, If our gospel be hid, is hid to them who's lost, and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them to believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to them. So the enemy has people blind, but you remember what Jesus says in Luke 4. He says, I come to what? To set at liberty them that are bruised, amen, They recover sight to the blind, amen. In other words, you can look at both from physical and mental 
or spiritual. He, he opened the blinded eyes of the man that was blind. He also brought understanding, which opens our eyes as well. Amen. So when we study the word of God, we want to get understanding. That's why the Bible says, get wisdom and all that get and get and understand it. When we have wisdom, wisdom is the principal thing. And so when we have that knowledge and understanding of God and his word and what he desires of us to do, then we're able to deal with what is ahead of us on a continual basis. Amen. We can begin to see clearly. So we, we want to continue. As you're studying on your time and your day-to-day uh, study, let me encourage you to go back and look at some of this and, and try to uh, see why you're called light and see why you're called salt. Uh, go back to the Old Testament and study out how they used the salt and why he implemented salt and why light is essential. Now, last week at the end, we were talking about from the light standpoint, we was talking about that when we have true religion, it cannot be hid. It cannot be concealed. Jesus says, you do not put a light under a bushel. You set it on a candlestick so that it gives light to everyone that walketh into the room. So wherever you are as a child of God, light is supposed to be seen. You're supposed, the people are supposed to be able to see that there's something totally different about you. Amen. Your light will shine. The Bible says in Mark 2, when Jesus was in the house, it was noise abroad that he was in the house. Amen. And, and so therefore, when you're in the house, they should know that the Spirit of God is in the house with you. Amen. Praise God. And so you should manifest light. Amen. So we want to move on today now. We're going to Matthew chapter 5 this morning, verse 17 through verse 20. Amen. As we walk these beatitudes that he's talking. Now, last week we talked salt and light. We know from our other previous studies, blessed are the pure in heart, blessed are the meek, blessed are they that mourn. Blessed are they the hunger and thirst of the righteousness. They should be filled. All this. So now let's look at Matthew chapter 5 verse 17. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy, destroy, excuse me, but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, to heaven and earth pass one jot... A one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever therefore shall break one of these least commandments, and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whosoever shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, ye shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. Amen. So we want to talk today about the law is eternal. Is eternal. Notice it is eternal. Now, we know that Psalms 19.7 tell us that the law of the Lord is what? Is perfect. Doing what? Converting the soul. Amen. 
the testimonies of the Lord are sure, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. The fear of the Lord is clean and doing forever. The judgments of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. But the law converts the heart. Now, when you go back and you study the law, amen, Paul tells the church at Galatians in chapter 3, he said the law was what? Our schoolmaster or our tutor or our teacher to bring us to Christ. Okay? That was the overall goal. Now, why was the law given? It was given because of sin or transgression. That's why God implemented it. Amen. Now, there's three categories when you study in the Old Testament of the law. You have the moral law, which are the Ten Commandments. You have the ceremonial laws, which cover special days like Passover, Pentecost, the Feast of Ingathering, the Sabbath. You know, uh, these were called ceremonial laws circumcision, all these things was called, you know, the, uh, the ceremonial law. And then you had the judicial or the civil law, all right, which covers, you know, if your ox fell in the, in the, in the ground and you're supposed to get him out and help your buddy get him out, or if your ox goad somebody, then you were supposed to repay for that. Or if guy, master beat his servant and he died, he was supposed to be punished and all this stuff, right? So all these was kind of like judicial laws, okay? Now, the ceremonial laws was completed. In Jesus Christ. This is why Jesus began to say, you read, you know, he said, I did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. The ceremonial part. This is why we don't have to bring bulls and calves anymore. Amen. To, to, for our sins. He completed that for us. Okay. We don't have to really serve and do Passover. We don't really have to do Pentecost. <laughs> we don't really have to do the Feast of Ingatherance. That's all completed. See? That, you know, and so this is why you have to have an understanding of these things. Because once Christ is in you, amen, the Passover dealt with what? The death, the burial, and the resurrection. So when we repent of our sins... We're baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ or the mission of our sins. We feel with the Holy Ghost who was raised to walk in newness of life. We are the Passover. We just keep, we do these things in ourselves. Okay? See? That's like this, when you look at Colossians, look, okay, in, in the, the ceremonial law, when a child was born, he had to be circumcised on the eighth day. But Jesus fulfilled that. See? That's why if you look at, go to, go to second, I mean, Colossians chapter 2. Let's start with verse 8. Colossians chapter 2, we're going to talk about how these things apply to us here. I'm going to get to the lesson in a minute, okay? Colossians chapter 2, verse 8. Beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit after the tradition. See, of men. See, there was tradition of men after the rudiments of this world and not after Christ. 
For in him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The Father, Son, and Holy Ghost is in Jesus. And we are what? Complete in him, which is the head of all principalities and powers. Verse 11. And whom we are also what? Circumcised with the circumcision made without hands. Say, in doing what? And putting off the body of the sin of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. Verse 12. Bear it with him in what? Baptism wherein you was risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who have raised him from the dead. So baptism kills and cut off the circumcision. You're cutting off the old way of life when you're baptized. You're burying the old guy. See, the old circumcision under the law was to purify. It was a type and shadow of cutting off the old man and the old way until the new was implemented here. Amen. Verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins and uncircumcision of your flesh, have he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of trespasses. Where have you heard that at before? Remember in Ephesians 2, 1? And you, who is dead in your trespasses, then have he quickened together with him. For by grace are you saved, not of works, lest any man should boast. It is the gift of God, right? Amen. So you're cutting off the old guy. Amen. You're dead. Remember Romans 6 says, Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid. No, you're not. There's so many of us was baptized into Jesus Christ. We were baptized into his death. That where we are buried with him by baptism, that as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we should walk in newness of life. For if we have been planted the same in the likeness of his death, we should be also in the likeness of his resurrection. Amen. And he goes on and says, reckon yourself also to be dead into the world and alive to Christ. Okay? Verse 14, Brother DeMoe. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinance which was against us. See? He's blotted those things out which was contrary to us. And he took away out of the way and did what? He nailed it to the cross. Amen. So the old ceremonial law, he said, that was all nailed to the cross. Jesus completed it. He fulfilled it. Verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers, and he made a show of them openly, triumph over them in it. Verse 16. Let no man therefore judge you what? In meat or in drink or in respect to holy days or the new moon. Or of the Sabbath days, verse 17, which are shadows of things to come. See, but the body is Christ. So notice, all those things were shadowed. This is why he says that, that it was a schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. So the ceremonial laws, that's why when you read Isaiah 53 and the eunuch in, in Acts 8, Amen. When he's reading Isaiah the prophet. That's why Philip, when the eunuch, remember in Isaiah 8, when the Philip is down in Samaria with the eunuch in the desert, and he's reading Isaiah chapter 53, and he says, who is he talking about? Is he talking about himself, or is he talking about someone else? And Philip starts at where? 
the same scripture and he expound to him Christ. See? Those things, that's why Jesus says, I did not come to destroy the law and the prophet. The ceremonial law and what the prophets have said. He says, I didn't come to destroy that. I come to fulfill it. In other words, the design was to be in me. See? That's why the prophets, when you read about them in the Old Testament, it's all bringing us to Christ. If we look at Joel 2, we, we could find that, what do we do? We talk about Pentecost. It was all about the outpouring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. You look at Ezekiel, you look at Jeremiah, you look at Isaiah. If ever been any prophet that, that expounds so much about Jesus as being God from the Old Testament, it was Isaiah. It was so much in Isaiah that the Jews today, they don't even read the book of Isaiah. Because it's so contradictory to them. Because they know if they believe it, they're going to have to believe that Jesus is God. See? And so this is why Jesus says everything back there. That's why when you look at Luke 24, Jesus starts where? At the law of Moses and in the Psalms and in the prophets, the things that's concerning me. If you read Luke 24, go to Luke 24 real quick and we're going to get to this this thing about the law here i hope <laughs> if not we got more days to come right you had luke 24 amen we're going to start at 44 now we know he had just was with the guys on the road to a mess right and he found night comes to them and he says and he said to them these are the words which were spoken to you while i was yet with you that all things must be what? Fulfilled. Which was written in the law of Moses. Notice the law. The Pentateuch. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Which is known as the Pentateuch or the Torah that the Jews call it. Amen. So those first five books. Amen. And the prophets. Okay. You got the prophets down, right? Y'all could quote all the books of the prophets. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Lamentation, Ezekiel, Daniel, Hosea, Joel, Amos, Obadiah, Jonah, Micah, Nahum, Zephaniah, Haggai, Zechariah, Malachi, right? You got it? <laughs> You're doing backwards? Okay, we'll do it backwards next time. Amen. But notice, in the prophets and in the Psalms, notice, all the Psalms concerning me. Say, it's all about, it was all, the Old Testament was all about him. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead is all in him. So once you get this understanding, now notice, and they open, then open he their understanding that they might understand the scripture. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, and that is to be who Christ is suffering to raise from the dead the third day, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name against all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witness of these things. Behold, I send the promise of the Father unto you, but tell you in the city of Jerusalem that you be doing power over throwing high. Amen. So you see, it was all about him. See, and so the ceremonial parts of the laws was completed. See, 
in Jesus Christ. Is death, the burial, the resurrection. Because it was all talked about this would happen. And Jeremiah 31, 33. Jeremiah 31, 33. You want to go there in your Bibles? All right. But this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, saith the Lord. I will put my law in their hearts, or in their inward parts, and will write them in their hearts, and will be their God, and they shall be my people. So God says, I'm going to put my law in your hearts. So once he completes the fulfillment of the ceremonial law, you automatically come into that relationship and covenant with him when you repent, baptize, and fill with the Holy Ghost. Now the ceremonial law, you don't have to do because Romans 12 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable God, which is your reasonable service, and be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, now you can't think the same old way. You have an understanding that all that was to bring it to you. I meant bring Christ was to bring us to us so that we would know him. And we're going to get into some scriptures here in a second. Amen. But he wants to put it in our hearts. So the moral law, that which was the Ten Commandments, Thou should love the Lord thy God, the first four was your relationship to God. You are the six is your relationship to one another. That never changes. Because Jesus says, on these two commandments, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, soul, and strength, and thy neighbor is thyself. See, that fulfills the Ten Commandments. Because when I treat you right, you treat me right. When we serve God, love God with all our heart, we fulfill the moral law. The judicial law, which was our civil law, was designed how we treat people and dealt with people. That's why even today we have laws, judicial laws, in our country. See? And so this is why we have to have a clear understanding that these laws must still be obeyed. That's why when you read the Bible, it says, Obey them to have the rule over you. Teaching them to obey magistrates and principalities. Because if you don't obey the, the magistrate that's over you, then what's going to happen? You get in trouble. <laughs> See? And so this is why, even when we look at the Sabbath day, this is why when Jesus was talking in Mark and Luke and Matthew, they talked about the Sabbath. He said the Sabbath was not made for man. Man was not made for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. See, the rest was made for us. See, the rest is the Holy Ghost, right? <laughs> so it's made for us. Amen. And Jesus says the Son of Man is what? The Lord of the Sabbath. He's the one that created it. See, and so we have to have this in us. Amen. So, but notice, let's get back to the lesson now. Okay, I done laid my foundation here and I got ten minutes. Amen. So, Amen. So it's the schoolmaster to bring us to Christ. Amen. Now, Jesus says, I did not come to destroy the law, but fulfill the prophets and make the design here. 
Amen. So therefore, notice what he says here, that not one jot or one tittle shall pass away. What's a jot? <laughs> it's the most minute thing, right? The smallest. But a jot is also the tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's the tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet and the eighth letter of the Greek alphabet. Amen. Now, go to your Bible. I'm glad you got your Bibles. <laughs> the Psalms 119 and verse 73, and let's see what it says. Let's talk about this jot and see what he's talking about. Psalms 119. Let's start with verse 73. Everybody there? So this is the tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. When you read Psalms 119, that's why every eight verses is the Hebrew alphabet. Alpha, beta, gamma, data, no speaking in tongues, okay? <laughs> so, so here we go. Amen. So this is the tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Let's see what Jesus wants us to, to find here. Thy hand have made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. Notice, thy hand has made me and fashioned me. Have I ever read anything in Psalms 139 before? You're fearfully and wonderfully made, aren't you? Marvelous of thy work, and that my soul north right well. (laughs) You know? So, thy hand has made me and fashioned me. Give me understanding that I may learn thy commandments. The commandments of the Lord are pure and light in the eye. Verse 74. They that fear thee or respect thee will be glad when they see me, because I have hope in thy word. Verse 75. I know, O Lord, that thy judgments are right and that thou is faithful in faithfulness has afflicted me. Verse 76, Let I pray thee thy merciful kindness be for my comfort according to thy word. Back up one minute. (laughs) According to thy word unto thy servant. Verse 77, Let thy tender mercies come unto me that I may live for thy law is my delight. Amen. Amen. Thy law is my delight. The light. Verse 78. Let the proud be ashamed, for they dealt perversely with me without a cause. But I will meditate in thy precepts. Verse 79. Let those that fear thee turn unto me, and those that have known thy testimonies. Let my heart, verse 80, let my heart be sound in thy statutes, that I be not ashamed. Amen. Sounds pretty good, huh? Amen. So that tenth letter of the Hebrew alphabet, not one jot. He says, none of that's going to pass. Amen. Until all be fulfilled. See? And it's all about him. See? 
And so we need to have this law written in our hearts and written in our minds so that we will know him. Amen. Because it's not, not one iota. That's the, the Greek word, amen, for it. Y'all walk around and say, not one iota. <laughs> That's the, the, the Greek alphabet. Amen. Amen. So you're learning stuff. Amen. So we need to, to not break these commandments, Jesus says. We need to teach them. We need to teach them with love. We need to teach the gospel with love. This is why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, Though I speak with tongues as men and angels and have not love, I am become as a sound and gong and a uh, sound of brass and, and tinkling cymbals. See, God's love is to be in our hearts now. He's in you. God is love. 1 John 4, 8 says God is love. And so therefore, the law is not going to be passed away. Not the moral law, because it's all about love. Not the uh, uh, judicial law, because we're to respect each other. We are to look out for one another. And so we have to obey them that have the rule over us. We know that the Bible tells us in John 1, 17, that what? The law was given by Moses. But where did Moses get it from? <laughs> he got it from God, didn't he? Amen. The law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came by who? Jesus Christ. Amen. And so, therefore, it, we are to be what he's asking us to do. See? This is why Jesus says, your righteousness must exceed the righteousness of the Sadducees, the scribes, and the Pharisees. See? We must be right because it is the white linen of the saints of God. Amen. When we become doers of God's word and not just hearers only, we're going to fulfill the law. See? It's not going to pass away. See? Because love is the driving force behind the moral law. And if I love God with all my heart, mind, soul, and strength, and I say I'm a Christian, then I should love my neighbor as myself. Amen. This is important that we pick up on this. Jesus tells us in John 5, 39 and 40, he says, Search the Scripture. For in them you think you have eternal life, and there are they which testify of me, but you won't come to me that you might have life. Amen. We know that the Word of God is pure and forever established in the heavens above. Amen. Praise God. When you look at the types and shadows of things that was come, it was designed to bring us to Christ. Amen. Isaiah, in Isaiah 6, says, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. You know, it was a type and shadow of showing us what was to come. Amen. It's not going to pass away till all be fulfilled. Amen. So we've got to get this thing and understand what God is trying to show us is for as coming into a love relationship with him so that we will obey what he is asking us, us to do. Colossians chapter 1, verse 25. Colossians 1, 25 through 29. Paul, writing to the church at Colossae here, he says, Whereof I am made a minister according to the dispensation of God, which is given to me for you to fulfill the word 
of God. See, so as a minister, my job is to fulfill the law of God to bring you into a clearer understanding of what it is all about. This is why Paul says to the church, none of those things move me, neither I count my life dear to me that I might finish my course in the ministry which I have received of the Lord to testify the grace of God. See, so a lot of things that people do continue today in some religions are just tradition of men. They're continual and they're done away with. That's just like a lot of people do communion every day. Well, you need to do communion every day. What do you need to do communion every week? That's not what the Bible says. Jesus says, as often as you do this, do it in remembrance of me. See? So, if I'm in the Word of God, if I'm walking according to His Word, then I don't need to do that every day. Because I'm remembering Him. When I meditate on His Word, When I think about what he's already done for me, I'm going to move myself into a posture to where I begin to reflect him. Because his word is written in my heart. Remember? In Jeremiah 31, he says, I'm going to write it in my heart so that all will know me. Go to Hebrews real quick. Let me get there. Don't panic. Amen. Hebrews chapter 10. I think I might have it on your paper. Amen. 15 through uh, 18. Whereof the Holy Ghost also is a witness to us. For after that he have said before, this is the covenant... That I will make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Remember? Now, this is actually what Jeremiah, the prophet, had already prophesied. Amen? I will put my laws in their hearts, and in their minds will I write them. And their sins and iniquities will I remember no more. Now, where remission of these is, there is no more offering for sin. Having, therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holies by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he have consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart with full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Amen. So the law is written in your hearts now. When you're studying the Word of God, what are you doing? You're hiding it in your heart. You're hiding it in your mind so that you don't do wrong because you're designed to continue to do right. Because righteousness is the white linen of God. So when he put his law in you, when he gave Moses the law, it was just designed, why? Because of their sins. That was because of transgressions. See, so this is why Paul is saying in Romans 6, 
that when you are baptized in Jesus' name, when you come into a relationship with Jesus, you're not supposed to keep sinning. See, that's why he said in Romans 6, shall we continue what? In sin, that the grace of God may abound. He says, no. Why? Because the law is written in your heart and written in your mind so that you know him. So do you know he died for your sins? He know, you know that he did this for you. He's a remembrance of you continually that you don't have to keep bringing this sacrifice because why? You are now the living sacrifice. You have repented of your sin. The Bible says in Romans 6 that Jesus died to sin ten times, right? How many times did he die to sin? Once. But in that he died, what now? He liveth unto God. Likewise, reckon yourselves to be dead indeed in sin and alive to God through Jesus Christ. See? So you don't keep sinning. You don't keep doing wrong. You have to learn to do what is right because it's written in your heart. That's why the law was given to them. To show them how to do what was right. See? And so, therefore, we have got to get this thing down in us. Because we walk by faith and not by sight. Amen. And so, God is trying to get us to see here. Amen. From the, even the mystery, Paul goes back to Colossians 1. He says, even the mystery which had been hid from ages, from generation. What was the mystery? Christ in you, the hope of glory. First Timothy 3.16, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. So the mystery, say, in him, the fullness of the deity of God. John says, that which was from the beginning, which our eyes have seen, which our hands have handled, which our eyes have looked upon, the word of life. For the life was what? Manifested. And we have seen it and declared to you that your fellowship might be with him and with us. Amen. First John chapter 1. Amen. So we've got to realize that it's all about him. So he's in you. That's why Jesus says in John 14, the comforter will take up residence in you. See? And so when he takes up residence, the word is to be in you. To teach you how to do what is right. Amen. We goes on here. To whom God would make known what is the riches of his glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Whom we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect, in Christ Jesus. Hmm. Present you perfect? Oh, pastor, nobody is perfect. Well, how am I going to present you? I can't take a, a, a foul animal to the Lord. See? You got to be, he had to be perfect. He had to be the best. So this is why you've got to let the word of God do his work in you. That's why Psalms 126 says, he'll work if you let him. He'll get rid of all the foul and the flaws and wrongdoing if you let him. Because he's the word. See? So he wants to fulfill this law. His eternal, 
He wants you to know it. Psalms 1 says what? Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. No walk. I mean, no walk. Stand in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is where? In the law of the Lord. And in the law, what does he do? He meditates. He ponders it. He sits. He reads it. He thinks about it. He ponders what is being said. He shall be like what? A tree planted by the rivers of water that shall bring forth fruit in his season. His leaves shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. See? But you got to meditate on it. You got to think on it. Amen. The law of the Lord is perfect. It converts the soul. Why? Because I can't present you perfect if you don't do what the Word is saying. This is what God is trying to get us to do and see. The more you practice, the more you become perfected in something. See? So this is why we have to get it in our hearts and in our minds and do what He is telling us to do. Amen. From glory, hope of glory, whom we preach one and every man teaching them, every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ, whereunto I am a labor, striving according to his works, which worketh in me mightily. Amen. So, the law contains all these things. But when you read Hebrew 9, it talks about the tabernacle in the wilderness, which was types and shadows. The ark was a type and shadow of Jesus Christ. Amen. One way in, right? One door. Remember what Jesus says in John 10? I am the door. You ain't getting to the Father without coming through me. Noah couldn't get into the ark without going through that door. Those animals couldn't get into that ark without going through that door. Amen. You remember? There was three floors in that ark. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, right? How many arks were they? One. Amen. The fullness of the Godhead is in him. What else was in the ark? Rooms. That means abodes. Amen. In my father's house are many mansions or abodes. And I would take up my abode. How many windows was in it? One. What's designed? A lot of the light in. Amen. Praise God. What was it pitched with? <laughs> Slime, right? <laughs> it was pitched in and out, right? Amen. It had to be pitched in and without. Keep the water in, keep the water out, right? Keep the, keep the things in and keep it out, right? See? So you got to be sealed within. You got to be sealed without. What's in? It should be seen out. The Holy Ghost is in. The Holy Ghost should be seen on the out, right? Amen. The Holy Ghost keeps junk out, keeps good stuff in. See? So is the ark, right? Tabernacle in the wilderness, right? You follow that, the same thing. Bread, light, show bread, table, you know, out of court, in a court, holies of holies, ark of the covenant, all this stuff. Amen. It's all to fulfill the promise of God. Amen. But we are now that living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable unto God, which is a reasonable service. Amen. 
So, number two, the full men of the prophets. Amen. The book of the prophets contain many predictions respecting Jesus' death, burial, and resurrections. These were all to be fulfilled and fulfilled, accomplished by his life and his suffering. Amen. So, how does the eternal law apply to us? We now have the truth of God's word written on our heart. We are now the anointed ones. Amen. And Jesus says in Luke 4, the spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the broken heart, preach deliverance to the captives, recover of sight to the blind. He said, liberty them that are bruised, and to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. Right? He read Isaiah 61, right? Fulfill that. And then what did he say to him? Today is the scripture fulfilling your hearing. Blew their minds. Say. But he was showing them what was written about me. The design is here. It had to, to be completed. Amen. And so we are the anointed ones now. Amen. And so therefore the law has got to be in our hearts, in our mind. So don't think the law is gone. A lot of people says, oh, that Old Testament is gone. No. Only the ceremonial part is gone. And you have to realize too, brothers and sisters, is... When God gave the law to Moses, some of it applied. The ceremonial part was only for Israel. Say, it was only for Israel. Say, but when we were engrafted in as Gentiles and the new, the moral and the civil still applies to us. That's why when you look at Acts 15, when the Gentiles are grafted in and Paul and Silas goes back to Jerusalem, at general conference, <laughs> and they says, you know, okay, we got these Gentiles now that's been baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. What shall we do? Well, if you look at Acts 15, after their discussion, they says, well, they're not, you know, not Jews, they're Gentiles. So what are we going to do? So they say, okay, this is what we're going to tell them to do. One, abstain from fornication, abstain from blood, things from stain, strangle, and things offered to idols. That was it, see, because they worship a lot of idols. Gentiles worship in those days. They worshiped a lot of idols. They had many gods and everything else. You know, people used to wring the chicken head, and so he kills him that way, and, and his head's still on him. Well, that's scringling. So he's still got blood. A lot of things still got the blood in him. See, life is in the blood. That's why our parents used to chop the head off, right? <laughs> Get the blood out, right? And stuff. So... And so they was, that's why they were saying they was to abstain from these things, see, because the thing with fornication was the moral law, see, and the civil law, the moral law, amen, is how it all applies. And so that's what they brought them into an understanding that the moral and the civil law must be applied to everybody in the church. The ceremonial law is no longer required because... It was all completed and designed in Jesus Christ. And so now as long as Christ is in us, that part is complete. Okay? okay. All right. So, so praise God. So go back and study your notes a little bit. And next week we're going to talk about self-control. How's that? Amen. Amen. So let's take a break. God, thank you for your word today.